Someone sent me the following story a while back via email, you know, one of those stories that goes around on the internet. Some of you may have heard it before. Let me read it to you. Two traveling angels stopped to spend the night in the home of a very wealthy family. Family was rude and refused to let the angels stay in the guest room of their mansion. Instead, the two heavenly visitors were given a small space in the cold, damp basement of the house. As they were making up their beds on the hard floor, the older angel spotted a hole in the wall and proceeded to repair it. When the younger angel asked the older one why he did it, he replied, things aren't always what they seem. The next night, the pair came to rest at a house of a very poor but very hospitable farmer and his wife. After sharing the little food they had, the couple allowed the angels to sleep in their bed so that they would get a good night's rest. When the sun came up the next morning, the angels found the farmer and his wife in tears. Their one cow, whose milk had been their only source of income, lay dead in the field. The younger angel was infuriated. And later that day, he said to the older one, how could you have let this happen? The first family was unkind and had everything, yet you helped them. The second family had very little, although they were willing to share whatever they did have, and you allowed their cow to die. Things aren't always what they seem, the older angel answered. When we stayed in the basement of the mansion, I noticed there was gold stored in the wall, which had been left there many years ago. Since the man and his family were so obsessed with money and unwilling to share their good fortune, I sealed the wall so that they wouldn't find the gold. Then last night, as we slept in the farmer's bed, the angel of death came for his wife. I gave him the cow instead. Things aren't always what they seem. Now, I'm not so sure that's how angels would deal with such situations. But theological accuracy aside, the main point of the story is a valid one. Things aren't always what they seem. Now, this is a truth that stands behind the gospel passage we just heard a few moments ago, this very famous text from Luke chapter 9. In fact, I would call it one of the crucial lessons that Jesus wanted Peter, James, and John to learn prior to the events of the very first Holy Week. And so to drive home the point in a very powerful and vivid manner, the Lord took these men up Mount Tabor one day and gave him a little glimpse of his glory, a little peek at his divinity. He was transfigured, as we heard a few moments ago, before their eyes and seen in conversation with the two great figures from the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. After that experience was over and they were coming down the mountain, I can imagine Jesus saying to these three apostles, Remember, gentlemen, things are not always as they seem. I know in many ways I may seem like an ordinary man. I eat like you all do. I sleep like you do. I laugh like you do. I cry like you do. But the fact of the matter is, I am not an ordinary man. And you just saw that truth witnessed to in a powerful way on that mountain. Never forget this. 
You're going to need to remember it someday. Someday very soon. Here Jesus was training his apostles, getting them ready to face the disappointment and the tragedy of Holy Thursday and Good Friday. In order to deal with those events successfully, the events of those two days, these men needed to understand that things were not always as they seemed to be when it came to Jesus. Because let's face it, on Holy Thursday and Good Friday, Jesus and his mission seemed to be finished. When he was hanging on that cross for us and for our salvation, Jesus seemed to be guilty. He seemed to be full of sin. He seemed to be a criminal. In fact, those are the only people that the Romans executed by crucifixion. Slaves and criminals. Roman citizens, if they were executed, were executed in other ways. On that cross, Jesus seemed to be a total failure. He seemed to be powerless. He seemed to have been abandoned by his heavenly Father. And yet, in reality, the exact opposite was true. He was not guilty. He was innocent. Completely innocent. He wasn't a criminal, but he was dying for criminals. One on his right, one on his left, and the rest of us. He seemed to be a failure, but he was actually fulfilling his Father's mission perfectly. It seemed his Heavenly Father had abandoned him, but his Father was right there, ready to receive his Spirit after his obedience was finished and his sacrifice was over. To the naked eye, Jesus seemed to be finished, but in three short days he would rise from the dead and begin to give hope to the entire human race, hope of sharing eternally in his risen life. Things are not always as they seem. My brothers and sisters, we, like the three apostles, need to learn this lesson because it applies to so many dimensions of our lives. For example, when we suffer, and we all do, when we suffer terribly, it may seem like God has abandoned us, but he hasn't. Suffering is not a sign that God doesn't love us anymore. The truth of the matter is, through suffering, we can grow closer to the Lord if we allow the experience of suffering to have that effect on us. As Mother Teresa once put it, suffering is a gift from God, a gift that makes us most Christ-like. People must not accept suffering as punishment. On the other hand, those who seem to be healthy, who seem to be peaceful on the outside, may in fact be gravely ill, spiritually sick on the inside. In the mid-19th century, a man in this condition came to the town of Ars in France, to do some duck hunting. And he also wanted to catch a glimpse of Father John Vianney, who was becoming known throughout France as a, as a great holy man and a great confessor. People came from all over to go to confession to him. And very often he could tell you your sins before you confessed them. How would you like that experience? <laughs> Over confession. Wow. But this young man came to ours not because he was repentant, because he wasn't. He came out of curiosity. He just wanted to see this great priest. Well, he got his wish one day. He was crossing the street with his dog, and he ran into Father Vianney. And as I said, Father Vianney at times could read hearts and tell you your sins before you told them to him. And he stopped there in the middle of the road, looked at the dog, then looked at the man, and Father Vianney said to him, Sir, it is greatly to be wished that your soul were as beautiful 
as your dog. Things were not as they seemed to be. By the way, that young man went to confession to Father Vianney shortly thereafter. Eventually, he became a religious brother. And this lesson also applies to many experiences we have in this life that we would hastily call failures. Give you an example. A priest friend of mine serving in this diocese right now, back when he was a seminarian, was teaching CCD to a group of sixth graders one year. He was having a terrible time of it. He had a very difficult class. You know, one of those classes, <laughs> students were driving him nuts. Jokingly, he said to me one day, Father Ray, I think God is getting even with me for what I put the nun through back in sixth grade CCD. You know, that nun, 35 years ago, probably thought that she had failed with this young man. She probably thought she had wasted her efforts, made no difference in his life, but little did she realize she was planting some of the seeds of a future vocation to the priesthood. Things were not what they seemed. Please hear that frustrated parents and teachers, if you have any here present. And how about the application of this idea to the sacraments, especially the Holy Eucharist? Before the consecration of the Mass, the elements on the altar look like bread and wine, do they not? Well, guess what? After the consecration, unless there's a Eucharistic miracle that happens, they look the same. They still look like bread and wine. But the truth of the matter is, after the consecration, the elements are no longer what they seem to be. By faith we know they are the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior. Jesus, at the Transfiguration, wanted to help his apostles to see things as they were. That was his desire. Let's ask the Lord for the same grace at this Mass. The grace to see ourselves as we really are. Even if it means coming to terms with some serious sins. Like that young man that met Father Vianney came to terms with his sins. We need to pray today for the grace to see Jesus as he is. As our powerful, loving Savior who paid the full price for the forgiveness of our sins and our salvation with God. The grace to see our sufferings as they are, as stepping stones to holiness. The grace to see how God can use our apparent failures for his glory and for our good. And the grace to recognize the presence of Christ in the sacraments, especially in the Holy Eucharist. Lord Jesus, in all these different dimensions of life, help us to remember that things are not always as they seem to be. Give us the vision to see things clearly as they are. Amen.